What's up, Hyperfast Nation? On this episode of the show, we have a very interesting guest. He went from being half a million dollars in debt to the banks and to the U.S. government to now being a multi-millionaire and has taught hundreds of thousands of people how to do that as well. Welcome to the show, Jeff Lerner. Welcome to the show today, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm tremendous. So grateful to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have you on the show today. I know you got a lot of great stuff to talk about for how real estate agents or anyone really can grow their personal brand. And, and really, that's a really strong thing. And I know a lot of agents struggle with it. Before we jump into that, though, uh, why don't you tell people a little bit about your story? So how did you okay. get to, to where you are today? Yeah, I'd love to. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'll give you the quick version. I was, uh, I grew up, you know, my parents were both pretty successful. So I, I had good role models, good modeling of what self-made success behavior looked like. My mom was an attorney. Uh, my dad was a, a stockbroker and then turned money manager. But they both, they both came from like middle to lower middle class families and, um, you know, just worked hard and did good things, did good work, got up early in the morning and were ruthlessly consistent. And I, uh, that all, that's what left the biggest mark is like, there's just no shortcut. You know, you do the work every day. Some days are good. Some days are bad, but the, you know, compounding, the power of compounding over time is, is real. And eventually good work, you know, good, smart work anyways, breaks through. So that was my takeaway there. Um, but unfortunately, I, I say unfortunately, my initial draw was was not to business or to really making money even. It was just to, I just wanted to be free. I can say that throughout the entirety of my life and still to this day, free being free and independent has always been a lot more exciting to me than being rich. Um, and so as a starting point, I actually wanted to be a musician. I dropped out of high school and decided to be a piano player because I recognized that was a trade that I could learn that would allow me to go anywhere I wanted in the world. And there's always somebody that'll, even if they won't pay you, they'll at least usually feed you if you can play an instrument well. And uh, so, yeah, that's what I did. I, I dropped out of high school. I crash coursed in playing the piano. I didn't actually start playing really till I was 16. So I had a lot of making up to do and I just practiced like eight, 10, 12 hours a day, whatever I had to do. And by 20, I was able to start getting professional gigs. I think I had my first professional gigs when I was, well, depends how you define professional. But I would say by 19, I was, I actually deserved good gigs. Like I was pretty good. <laughs> and, um, you know, by my early 20s, I was one of the top um, gigging piano players in Houston, Texas, where I'm from, which is actually a pretty big, it's a really big city with a good music scene. And I just did that all through my 20s. But I also, at, at a certain point, I did develop a little bit of an itch for some money. Um, being a working jazz and club musician is a hard life. And it wasn't so much like, oh, I want to be rich now. It was more like, oh, I need a, 
I need a long-term plan because I looked around and I was playing gigs with 50, 60, sometimes 70 year old musicians that didn't seem to have any more money than I did and didn't seem to have gotten much further ahead than I did. They just had been playing gigs for 40 years. And I'm like, yeah, it's not really a good life plan. So uh, I started trying to start businesses. I, I definitely knew that I could never have a job. I had a summer job when I was 16 and you know, it's a miracle I even held on for three weeks. I got fired after three weeks, but I knew after three hours I was done and I was never gonna work for anyone. So being an entrepreneur, starting businesses, that was the logical choice. So all through my 20s, while I was playing piano gigs at night and I was finishing school and I was teaching piano lessons. Um, so I had a busy schedule, but uh, I was also trying to start businesses and I failed again and again and again and again. I would basically wait six months and take all my tip jar money from the last six months and use it to try this or that and just failed it. You know, I failed it. Uh, I invested in like this local sandwich shop across the street from my apartment and, you know, I saved up and um, my, I was like, Oh, well, can I be like, I ended up as like a 5% owner in a local sandwich shop and thought I could build a foothold from there. And it just, you know, failed. And then I tried doing mortgages and it failed. And I tried doing a booking agency and it failed. And I tried organizing and promoting parties and it failed. I try, gosh, what else did I do? Um, I tried starting a marketing company and going and selling coupons in college towns and that failed. And it just, I don't know, as inventive as I could be without succeeding is pretty much what I did for like a decade. Finally, uh, in my late twenties, my biggest gamble had become my biggest failure in a string of failures. And I had tried opening these two franchise restaurants in 2006, 2007. And then, you know, the great recession happened and the economy seized up. And basically by 2008, I was $495,000 in debt with two closed restaurants, over $300,000 in debt that I owed to the federal government because I had gotten what they call SBA loans, which is basically where the Small Business Administration guarantees your loans. So when you, when you default, you end up owing the U.S. Treasury money, not just a bank. So, you know, that was my life. I had two big real estate companies suing me for defaulting on leases. I had taxes, I had state taxes, federal taxes, and I had these, this $330,000 that I owed to the U S treasury. And I was 29 years old. And the only way I knew to make money was to go play piano gigs. And that doesn't get you very far when you owe the government half a million dollars. So that was when I discovered (laughs) online business. And I, I went online and I bought a course. I spent, you know, the last whatever, a few hundred dollars on, on a credit card. And I bought this training on what's called affiliate marketing and uh, got really, really serious about it. My wife was pretty much divorcing me at the time. I mean, she hadn't quite declared it yet, but you know, you could tell the marriage was at least dying, if not dead. And she, she was burned out on the stress and the, the, you know, the, the debt and me being me refusing to get a job basically. So we ended up moving in with her parents and I went and lived in the, mm. in the guest bedroom. I, she lived in her room. I lived in the guest room. We weren't really, you know, cohabitating at that point. And so I kind of had this beautiful window of a, of, of a year or so where I could just lock myself in this guest room. And I didn't even want to leave the room because I didn't want to have to face her or her family. And for a year, I just taught myself affiliate marketing online. I, I took online courses and just figured out how to sell products on the internet and, uh, you know, I would say by the time I emerged from my room, I was doing 
anywhere from 60 to probably realistically anywhere from 40 to 80 grand a month in affiliate commissions. And, uh, you know, so I kind of everybody, but nobody really knew it. So it was like, Oh, Jeff, what's Jeff doing up in his room? He's, you know, goofing off on the internet. And, you know, finally after six, six or seven months, I come out and I'm like, well, I haven't exactly been goofing off. I actually think I've solved our problem. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, and I told my, she was, we were still married. I'm like, listen, babe, like I got this. We can move, pick anywhere you want to live. As long as I can take my laptop, I'm good. We got this. And, um, you know, unfortunately, well, I mean, fortunately, I would say it was too little too late. The damage was already done because I'm now I'm happily remarried and I have a family and life is amazing. But uh, yeah, that was, so that was kind of what got me into it. It was like, I was trying to solve a problem and I actually did solve the problem. I paid off $495,000 in debt in about 18 months and, uh, you know, starting from nothing. And then, you know, I went on from there to do affiliate marketing for about five years. Then I got burned out on that. And I switched, I started a digital agency because I obviously I knew how to generate leads online. And I'm like, well, a lot of businesses seem to be struggling right now. This was 2012, 2013. They, they don't know how to use the internet and they're still running ads in the yellow pages that don't work anymore. So I switched focuses and over the next five and a half years from then, I built a two-time Inc. 5000 digital agency, did about $35 million in revenue and, you know, healthy 20, 30% margins. So I was, and I was the sole owner. Like I was good between that and affiliate marketing. I probably brought in 15 million bucks, you know, over the course of eight or 10 years. And then, uh, you know, I got remarried and I moved to Utah and, Anyway, 2018, I actually was in a position to sell that agency, uh, sold it to a software company, sold the book of business and kind of cashed out. And now I'm sitting there in 2018, basically retired. I'm 39 years old. And it's like, well, what am I going to do? And I just had this calling that's like, I'm going to go teach the world how I did what I did. How is it that in a, in a decade, I went from a broke, nearly homeless divorced, depressed, overweight jazz musician, you know, who living in a spare room to where I'm at now. And I did it in a decade and I did it by learning marketing, direct response marketing, the internet, sales funnels, sales psychology. There's a set of skills that I learned and then there's an environment in which I practice those skills and those skills and that environment are available to all 7 billion people on earth, or at least the ones that are connected to the internet. So let's say it's four or 5 billion people. And yet I look around and everybody seems to be struggling. People don't have the life they want. They don't have the freedom they want. They don't have the money they want. And yet the skills and the environment are all right there for the taking. So I'm going to start teaching people. And that's what I started doing about two and a half years ago. And that's uh, evolved into something called Entre Institute, which I don't have data to support this, but I'm pretty sure we're the fastest growing education company in the world now. Uh, we've enrolled 100 and, almost 130,000 students and, uh, you know, just having fun now. Wow. That's uh, a lot of students. Um, a, lot, a lot of people you're impacting. Very powerful story. So, so thank you for that. Uh, just a couple questions, thoughts, you know, as I'm sitting here hearing that was the affiliate course you took. Was that, was that one of Russell Brunson's courses? No, Brunson wasn't even on the scene. This was no. 2000, two, November okay. 2008 is when I bought that. Okay. I only, I, I only asked cause I, I see you got the, um, 
when we talked about it before the show, the the uh, eight figure or two comma yeah. club, I forget the name of it award, which I, I believe is is from uh, funnel hacking, correct? Or- yeah, yeah. So Click Funnels, which is Russell Brunson's company, they <clears throat> obviously they they give out these awards, and I have two of them. I have two eight figure awards for two different sales funnels that each did over ten million dollars in revenue, and yeah, I mean. I used ClickFunnels to design the pages. So I was able to apply to them and, and get these awards. Um, I don't, I, I don't know. Uh, I, like I, I'm a big, I, I've, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a diehard ClickFunnels user, but I certainly support what they do. Um, I think they've done a huge amount of good for bringing the digital marketing and the, and the funnel concept conversations into the mainstream. Um, because, tradi- you know, old school traditional marketing you know, at the core principles are not dead, but a lot of the methods are dead. And I think Brunson's done a good job of helping people realize that and kind of shake up the conversation. I'm actually in the process of releasing my own uh, very robust funnel building software. So I don't know how long I'm going to be their, their best friend in the world. I like to think there's room for everyone, but hopefully they agree. But I got the rewards and I'm keeping them on the wall. So, Hey, hold that thought. Do you want to get 100 tips for free from my best selling real estate book, The Hyper Local, Hyper Fast Real Estate Agent. If you do, go to hyperfasttips.com and you can download 100 of my best tips today. Again, that's hyperfasttips.com. You can download 100 tips on how to grow your business, get more clients, deliver more value to more people. Go to hyperfasttips.com. Yeah, well, that'll be exciting to see uh, what what you release, uh, you know, any, any kind of preview or, or anything yeah, you can say about, about the software or. or yeah, sure. It's, I, know, I, it's called Entre, it's called Entresoft and, uh, you know, software for entrepreneurs and it, it's designed to be uh, really more, more versatile, I think, than, than, and it's not like, I'm not like competing with anyone's software out there. I don't want to be like, Oh, it's us versus funnels. It's just, we're a, we are a response to my observation in the market. So, you know, with Entra Institute, so, and, and, you know, you can see the linkage, Entra Institute, Entra Soft, like I have a built-in audience and a built-in customer base that would probably love to use my software because I'm the one training them on how to do these things. And it's frankly easier to train them. I can deliver them better training and better support if I can say, if I can assume that they're using my software because then I can make the more training more tailored to their, you know, their tool set. Right. But, um, but, you know, having 130,000 entrepreneurial students in the last two and a half years has taught me a lot about what's out there and what different people are doing. And, and what I've learned it, you know, there's a few basic business models you can do on the internet um, that are, that are what I would consider self-contained internet businesses. Obviously, if you're a real estate agent, that's an offline business with an online component, right? Your branding, your lead generation, a lot of your tools and so forth. But in terms of pure online businesses, basically you're an affiliate marketer, you're a drop shipper, you're you know, selling courses or some kind of knowledge. And I would include in that like coaching or consulting, or maybe you run a mastermind um, or you're in the agency services business like I was where you're providing these digital services to other businesses. Um, you know, that's, or maybe you're like a, a pure influencer, right? It's a lot of social branding stuff. Yeah, those are kind of the basic online business buckets. And there really isn't a software that supports all of them equally well. And, um, 
you know, my goal was to change that because as an entrepreneurial institute that teaches these business models, I want to be able to support all my students and, and train them inside of a platform that I, I can quality control. Um, and ultimately, you know, I know your audience has a lot of real estate agents um, and, and, you know, realtors, mortgage brokers, chiropractors, dentists, you know, all the trades people. There's a whole world online for them around lead generation and, and you know, social branding and these other tools that, you know, to the best of my knowledge, they're not learning in their trade school. Like when you go get a real estate license, they're not teaching you how to generate leads online. They're not teaching you how to build out your social profile to position yourself as the authority in your market for, you know, upper income home sellers or like whatever your angle is. Right. And so there's yeah, an that, opportunity. They don't teach you anything about marketing. Like no. it's, it's like zero, zero, yeah, zero that's business. True for, that's true for all the trades. That's true for all the trades. And so, you know, part of what Entra is doing and, and it's a, you know, we're only a two year old company, right? So you got to walk before you run, but you know, we're moving into entrepreneurial education for anybody that owns a small business or even really that gets a 1099, we consider to be an entrepreneur and we think there's, stuff you need to know about the internet. And we're, we're getting there. I, I wouldn't say to your audience, we're a hundred percent ready to support an influx of 10,000 realtors. I wouldn't want to disserve them, but I would say, give us a year and we will be, you know, that's, that's our move anyways. What, um, what have you done line? And I know we, we talked a little bit uh, before the show just on your personal profile, personal branding and, you know, how, how, what's happened there? How much growth have you had there? And why did you decide to do that? Yeah, I appreciate you asking. I think that's going to be where a lot of the value is for your audience. Um, so two and a half years ago, when I started Entra, you know, look, I had been successful. Like I had some dollars in the bank and I had some awards on the wall, but nobody knew who I was. And to try to insert myself into what was ultimately going to become a, a, a mainstream conversation about reforming and, and, and disrupting education as a whole, which is ultimately where I really felt myself being pulled is like, I want to go in, I want to serve adults and eventually children better than I think they have been or are being served by the modern educational system. Um, but to get myself into that conversation, it wasn't going to be enough to just build a sales funnel and sell some products. I had to have a powerful authority brand. I had to become an influencer because you're not going to influence a mainstream conversation if you don't first have a platform to influence from, right? And so I looked at the market, I looked at the world and I said, how do I go from zero to hero in terms of visibility? Not because necessarily that's required for me to launch Entra and sell some courses, but because ultimately that's going to be required for me to do what I want to do with this business and with, with, with this platform or with, with this, this mission. And it's a mission really to, to change up education. And so I had a sort of a process that I followed that, you know, and it's, and it's still ongoing, but in two and a half years, I've, you know, I'm, I'm doing interviews like this. I've got one of the, my own podcasts. It's one of the fastest growing business podcasts in the, in the, you know, online space called Millionaire Secrets. I've got um, 120,000 Instagram followers. I mean, I had, I had 200 followers two years ago. Uh, I've got almost 50,000 YouTube subscribers and a, you know, channel that's, you know, got a lot of reach now. I'm get, you know, I told you right before we got on, I was interviewing the founder of Reebok. Like I'm getting some really high level relationships growing out of my online presence. 
Um, and I've built all that in the last two, two and a half years. You know, if I was a, I, it's funny, I have some realtor friends and some attorney friends and some chiropractor friends. And I say, you know, and I half jokingly say like, you know, you guys are lucky I'm not in your business because I live in a town of 250,000 people. <laughs> if I was a real estate agent in this town, I'd, I'd be mopping up, dude. Like I, I would, I, knowing what I know about how to build this kind of brand. And I'm saying, I'm not saying this to be cocky because I'm not competing as a real estate agent. Well, I'm saying this for your audience is, you know, think about if you could grow a brand to a couple hundred thousand person footprint in two years as a local service provider in your market. I mean, that's ample to dominate in any trade in any local market anywhere in the world. Right. And so, you know, I assume, Definitely. yeah, I assume you'd be interested in kind of knowing what I did because I'm, I'm happy to share. Um, yeah. And I, I, well, I, I think any, any real estate agent could increase their business a lot if they were able to have that kind of growth on any of those platforms you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so here's what I did. I, first of all, I didn't, you know, I, I did an appraisal of social media, what was really working and what was really getting resonance. And the reality is business conversations are not that interesting on social media. They don't get that much traction. So the best way to get your business exposed on social media is not to talk about your business. And so I went out to market and I thought, okay, how is it that I can serve people? And this, is, this isn't a new idea. I mean, Zig Ziglar said this 30, 40 years ago. He said, if you help enough people, if you help enough other people's dreams come true, all your dreams will come true too, right? And so I went out to the market and I said, okay, what do I know? What do I have to offer? How can I serve people? And how can I make it a conversation that people would actually want to have? And so I started, I just started talking. I just started pumping out tons of content to the market. I was doing a video, at least one video every single day. I was going live on Facebook. I was uploading to YouTube. I was, you know, I was a little slower to get with Instagram, although lately that's been growing faster than, than any of them. Um, and I just started putting out a ton of content to the market. And I never talked about my business because here's the thing. I didn't even have a business. Like when I started doing this, it was September, 2018. I didn't even create a course to sell until July, 2019. So I had almost a year where I literally didn't even have a product or a service, or a, I, didn't, I didn't even accept credit cards. Like I didn't have a way to get paid. And so I, all I was trying to do was make a huge, and you know, forgive the term I know they're not technically real friends, but I was trying to make a huge bunch of friends online. And I started putting out all these different videos and it would be, you know, one day it would be like, here's something that happened to me on the, you know, at the gym, somebody came up and said this and it bugged me or, you know, here's something I learned um, taking my kids to school this morning or, here, you know, and, and, you know, here's, here's something I read in a book or here's a, you know, I, here's a movie I saw. And, and I remember doing a review of a star is born with, you know, Lady Gaga and whoever else, Bradley Cooper. And I was like, thoughts from a star is born. And I just started putting out all this, you know, socially relevant content and it gave, and I put out hundreds of these videos and it gave me occasion to see what videos actually got traction with people. What did people respond to? And then the big thing that I did that was the total breakthrough is every, every video I put out, I would spend a few bucks to boost it to cold audiences. And this is like, People are terrified to do this. They won't take this step. And I get it. Like people are going to be mean. If you, if you make a video of yourself saying, 
Hi, my name is Jeff Lerner. I'm a dad. I have four kids. And this morning I was taking my daughter to school and with some of the neighbor girls and I asked them, I'm like, you know, what are you guys learning in school? And they were like, we don't even know. And I'm like, well, it sounds like you're not really paying attention. And they're like, no, we don't pay attention. It's boring. And I'm like, okay, well, here's what you can do to make it more relevant is next time you're bored in class, raise your hand and ask your teacher, um, you know, Mrs. Jones or whatever teacher's name is this. So this information that, that we're learning right now, how is this going to help me achieve my goals later in life? And I was like, just ask them that. And they might get mad at you. They might send you the principal's office, but if nothing else, you'll have more fun <laughs> at school. And, and everyone else in the class will appreciate the question because they're probably all thinking the same thing. And this is what my kid said. And, and so like, anyway, that, I mean, that's literally a video I made. It was called, and the, sub, the title of the video was called, Hey Kids, Here's How to Make School More Interesting. And uh, I paid like, I spent like $200 and boosted that out in front of cold audiences. People who didn't know me, didn't know my kids, didn't know who I was. And, and the range of responses were like, who is this guy? Who is this asshole in my feed? I don't know you. You're ugly. Go get bent. Go get a life. F off. You're a loser. But a few of them were like, I wish this guy was my dad. I wish somebody had said that to me when I was a kid. Or, well, what did they say? Did they do it? Did they come home from school? Did you ask them how it went? Like, some people were interested. So I get why people don't want to do this because people don't like getting beat up and, you know, but look, sticks and stones, it's not even sticks and it's not even words. It's like internet, you know, keyboard warriors. Like you're not getting it hurt, but the people that respond, you put out enough of those messages, you drop a few bucks to put them in front of the cold market because look, your friends will always tell you that you're cool. Your friends will always tell you that you look great in those pants that actually really make you look fat. You got to get to the cold market if you want to know what people really think. So I boosted these videos on Facebook and I did it for hundreds of them. So you think about by the time I was ready to sell a course, I had hundreds of videos that I'd put out to market. I had talked about all different types of things. And now I knew what does the market want to hear from me? Who likes me? What audiences responded to me? One video I boosted to Gary Vaynerchuk's audience. Another video I boosted to Tony Robbins audience. Another video I boosted to Grant Cardone's audience. Another video I boosted to you know, Robert Kiyosaki's audience. And it was like, well, what, what demographics and what avatars and what psychographics and, and what messages? And I had all this data and I had 2 million people that knew who I was. At least they'd seen my videos. These are, I had 2 million 10 second impressions that I had acquired, 10 second video views. And I acquired that all for $25,000. Now you might go, oh, I'm not gonna spend $25,000. Yeah, but I did that with an audience of the US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom. So I was going across the five biggest English speaking markets, competing with Tony Robbins and Russell Brunson and Gary Vaynerchuk and Grant Cardone. You don't need to do all that. For like $2,000, you could, you could say, I'm gonna make 20 videos, or let's say I'm gonna make 40 videos, and I'm gonna spend $50 to boost each of them locally in my market. And cause you know, when you're, do, when you're, when you ratchet it down to like geotargeting on Facebook, you know, instead of spending $200 per video, now you can spend like $2 per video, right? Cause the market's so much smaller. So you don't even have to spend $2,000. You can take a hundred videos and spend $2 each or $5 each and let the market tell you what they like you to talk about, what version of you they like, what outfit they like, what setting they like, 
And by the way, the whole time you're doing it, you're getting cold market exposure to all these people that whether they know you, like you, love you, hate you, whatever, they now recognize you. And if you're a local realtor, once you've got, I mean, depending on the size of your market, once you've got 10,000, 50,000, 100,000 person audience, now you can start promoting yourself. For me, I went and shot- and my, my, my question, sure. just one quick question, because I, I get that the international audience is cheaper, but if you're a realtor, you really want to build up an audience in the area, you know, that you're going to help people buy and sell homes. So would you, would you focus the ads just on oh, yeah. that audience or would you, or would you build up the international audience just so you can no, you know, no, no, no. build Not up credibility and, and no, no, just that's what I tell my, that's what I mean when I say people are lucky. I'm not a realtor. If I had done this strategy just here in my town of St. George, Utah, I only would have needed to reach a quarter million people. And I mean, how many people from my County has 250,000 people. How many of them are on Facebook? I don't know, maybe 150,000. So I could have stopped at, and, and it wouldn't have cost that much because the, the local customer here is a cheaper person to reach than trying to target the Tony Robbins audience. I'll bet you for one to $3,000, I could have done the exact same strategy, just focusing here in my local market. And it wouldn't have taken a year. It would have taken like 60 days because I'm not trying to reach such a big audience. And I could have been the most recognized real estate agent in my local town. And then I could start running ads, promoting my services. And what I did in my case was I started selling a course, the course that's now sold 130,000 units. But, you know, if I was a realtor, I would just start promoting my services. But it's that first step of taking the time and investing the money to get yourself out to the cold market in a way that's not at all you talking about your business. That's the, that's the part. I mean, I've taught this strategy to thousands of people and very few of them will actually do it, but I have the fact. Why do you, why do you think that is that, you know, cause it, cause they, they see you as a great example of that it worked. So why would they bother learning it from you and then not doing it? Cause it forces you to do some very, very deep psychological work. I've been to, I'd been to 10 years of therapy before I even started doing this. And having done this for the last two and a half years and had all the people say, you know, uh, you know, you look, you're doing pretty well for a guy with Down syndrome. I've had that comment. I've had people say, and for the record, I don't have Down syndrome. I just, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm not the handsomest guy on the internet, like whatever. I've had people say, uh, you know, how much did you have to pay that stripper to pretend to be your wife? I've had people say, uh, why don't you come up to New York and I'll fuck you up, bitch. I mean, I, every imaginable slight you've, I, but like, I mean, to date, they haven't hurt me. Like I'm still here, you know? And it's like, people just don't want to subject themselves to public scrutiny, especially. And here's the other thing. And I'm sorry for cursing on your podcast. No, no, it's, 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 make uh, the point. You know? they, they give us the explicit lyrics label for ours. Okay. So, well, good. So good. good. And the other thing, <laughs> here's the other thing about it, man, is, if you really want to connect with people, you got to talk about the stuff that matters. Like me talking about how to, how to pick, you know, how to pick a product and ClickBank and promote it and calculate your ROI or your, your return on ad spend, like blah, blah, blah. There's, there's plenty of YouTube tutorials. People can go watch that. If I want to connect with people, I got to talk about things like, you know, what is it like to be a, what is it like to have adopted three kids and tell the story of 
which I still, I, I won't, I won't be able to say it on here without crying, but like, you know, I get a lot of pats on the back and people thinking it's cool that I adopted, you know, three kids, but cause I met my wife and she was a single mom with three kids and I've adopted them and I'm, I'm their dad now, but I don't really look at it that way at all. I actually look at it as that they adopted me and they allowed me to take this place in their beautiful life. And, and that in many ways it saved me and it, so on and so forth. Like that's me telling that story and like getting emotional. That's how I connect with people. It's not like, well, let me tell you about my business and what I know. Like people just don't want to be raw. They don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to be real. They don't want to hold themselves up to scrutiny. They don't want to be picked on. They don't want to be bullied and they don't want to really hold a mirror up to themselves in that way. But I'm sitting here like pulling my hair out because I'm like anybody can explode any business in any market if they'll just do this. And if you got to go hire a therapist to get you equipped to do it, do it. It'll still be the best money you ever spent. But you know, maybe you're, maybe this conversation can help. Yeah. I think, I think, um, I think people just, they want authenticity. So. Well, they want it from other it, people, but apparently it's, it's, they're terrified to do it for themselves. Right. So, <laughs> so, so, and, and maybe it's, maybe people crave it so much because they struggle yeah. being that way themselves or they, or they don't see it from other people. Yeah, a it's lot. like, think of it as authenticity pornography. <laughs> pornography is obviously representative of a thing that many people would like to be doing themselves but in the absence of doing it for themselves, they're happy to watch other people do it. And they get some kind of release from that, right? Maybe the same thing's happening with authenticity. I know it happens with success. How many unsuccessful people are sitting in their mom's basement, scrolling the Instagram feed, looking at pictures of other successful people, but not taking the action to go out and be successful. I call that success porn. Maybe there's authenticity porn too. Yeah, that's, uh, I never thought of it that way, but, um... But, but I think you're right, man. I mean, I think it's a human condition. We don't, we want a thing, but we don't want to do the work to get the thing. Right. We settle for watching other people do the thing. Well, you've, you've got the, uh, the, the book. I do want to make sure we mention um, millionaire shortcut, right? The millionaire shortcut. Right. Yeah. That's my, uh, my free book that anybody can go download at millionairesecrets.com forward slash Dan L as a gift that we put together for being on the show. And what, uh, what do you, what do you teach in there? Is it, is it about marketing, branding, money, how to, how to invest? So here's what I found is, I mean, I'm going to be totally straight up with you. That book is basically my story and it's, it's, it's some highlights. It's some, some basic elements of how I did what I did and, and how I was able to kind of turn that corner from being broke and stuck to paying off a ton of debt in 18 months and, you know, going on to do everything that I've done. But does it get into the weeds of like the tactics and the strategies and the, the techniques? No, it doesn't. Because it's, first of all, I, if I did that, it would be a 200-page book, not a 20-page book. In which case, I wouldn't print it and give it away. For, I wouldn't give it away for free. Um, but also, people wouldn't read it. So, because people have to be, people have to be indoctrinated in stages. You know, there's a difference between a first date and an overnight getaway and a marriage, right? So the book is my first date. You can read my story. You can hear a little bit about what I've done. You can decide if you like me. 
And if you want to know more, look, I have 500 training videos on my YouTube channel that'll basically teach you everything I've done. But the book is a, is a good starting point. Um, what's, what's the name of the YouTube channel? Uh, it's just, if you just go on YouTube and search Jeff Lerner, okay. my handle on all the social platforms is Jeff Lerner official. Cause there's some guy out in LA that has my name and camps on my have, domain, even though he got a, a stalker or no, domain, he's, he's actually spotter. got my name. <laughs> yeah. But he just doesn't do anything with it, which is a <laughs> endless source of frustration, but what, that's a conversation for another time. But I'm Jeff Lerner official on all the platforms and, um, yeah, the book is a, I'd say it's a good starting point. My YouTube, but also if they go to millionairesecrets.com forward slash Dan L, uh, they'll get a link to my YouTube channel. They'll get my free ebook. They'll get a link to my podcast, Millionaire Secrets Show. And, um, you know, you can decide from there if you like me and you want to know more about what I offer. Awesome. Well, before we wrap up, I, I always finish with the hyper fast round. If you're ready for some quick answers and oh i love it yeah let's do it that sounds fun what's your biggest piece of advice to a new real estate agent um go into a bar insult somebody get your ass kicked go home realize that you survived that and then get ready to go do it for another year or two all right it's hard. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, you gotta, you gotta get over the rejection and, yeah. and, and, I mean, maybe that was a little extreme, but like, <laughs> here's the thing. I have a deep conviction. Sorry. I know this is meant to be hyper fast. I have a deep conviction that it is meant to be hard and that that's such a good thing because it eliminates your competition that you're caught. Like you're like, Oh, I have so much competition. There's 3 million licensed real estate agents in this country. Most of them don't like to do really, really hard stuff every day. Yeah, it's all. It's only ten percent that I would say you know actually make what I would consider you know a, a good job out of it. And then of that group, very few of them will like hire and scale actually make right. it a business. So yeah, I would guess it's one percent that actually. Let's say how many real estate agents do a million dollars in commissions in a year for their whole team? Oh gosh, that's like a tenth of one percent or something. Yeah, less, less. Yeah, and to way, me, that's way under one percent. <laughs> that's the only level at which being a residential real estate agent actually is interesting to me. So if I entered that space, I would simply ask the question: Okay, what do I need to do to do that? And I would eliminate advice from anybody that hasn't done that. I would eliminate advice about anything other than that. And I would only focus on that. And I would know from the get-go that's going to be really hard. That's how I know it's worth it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what about real estate investors? What's your biggest piece of advice to a, a real estate investor starting out? Mm, like, <laughs> uh, just wait, like, like, like buy, a, like wait. I don't know. I mean, I'm a real estate investor and I can tell you that I'm uh, sitting on a ton of cash and I've got my lines of credit lined up. And I think that um, so I have a buddy, uh, a friend of mine, my, uh, one of my best friends, a really good real estate agent, probably somebody I should introduce you to, Dan, honestly. And he has a friend that works at auction.com. And I think the numbers were, they typically auction 20,000 homes a year or something, or maybe it's 200. I don't remember the numbers, but I know that right now they're at like less than 10% of their normal volume because of all the mortgage forbearance. Right. Right. So people aren't getting booted out of their house, but that's going to end at some point. 
And when it does, I think there's going to be about six months where all these investors are like, they that are all, they all, they're all, they have all this pent up energy and all this cash they've been sitting on that they're going to want to dive in. And every deal that comes on the market for the first six months after mortgage forbearance is going to like have a bidding war and a crazy frenzy. But I think that energy is going to dissipate after about six months. They'll have all that pent up energy out of their system. And then the real deals will be had. So, cause the mortgage forbearance, I mean, we have an economic problem in this country. There's going to be years of people that can't pay their mortgages. And if you're an investor, I would let the other investors get it out of their system for the first six months. Once the, once the mortgage forbearance expires and then start to attack. That's exactly what I'm going to do. All right. What's the hardest thing you've ever done? Um, the hardest thing I've ever done. You know, it's, it's a weird question for me because I've, I don't know if I've trained myself or I'm just wired this way. I really love really hard things. So I'm like hard as in unpleasant or hard as in like intensely pleasant because I love hard things. Um, you know, really hard things I've done that were intensely pleasant were it took me two years and about, you know, $120,000 to have a baby with my wife. I, you know, I married her, I adopted three. I mean, that's probably the whole thing is like, I married into a blended family situation. I went from zero. I went from a bachelor to a dad with three kids virtually overnight. I went through a ton of therapy. I was an only child. So I had all these spoiled, selfish, you know, low empathy ways of being that I had to relearn and rewire. So I learned empathy. I learned vulnerability. I learned uh, you know, sharing and collaboration. And I, I became a dad overnight and I raising three kids that are, weren't my biological kids. And then it's been building this family. You know, we wanted to have a fourth baby. My wife has high risk pregnancies. I have a genetic condition. So we ended up going in vitro. We had to do genetic testing. We had to find a surrogate. We had to get all these lawyers and that took two years and a hundred grand and just creating the life that I have now. It's all been hard. And that's why I love it so much. Great answer. Uh, what, do you, what do you do for fun when you're not working, making content, you know, building your courses and products? I, I'm, I just, I'm with my kids, my wife and kids. It's, I, I have a big belief that one of the biggest challenges people face is an inability to say no to good things. There's a lot of good things in this world that I'm interested in, but I can tell you, I literally, you will only ever find me doing one of five things. Working out, practicing the piano, reading a book, working on my business, or spending time with my family. Those are the only five things I ever do and I want for nothing. What do you, what do, you do for working out? Uh, I, so I get up at three, usually I get up at 3.30 every morning. Lately I've been getting up at 3.15 because I seem to need a little extra time. Uh, I'm at the gym by 4.15. I do about 20 minutes of warm up cardio just to kind of get everything loose. Then I go roll out for about 10 minutes and then I lift weights for about 45 minutes. Then I hop in the car, come to my office, which is five minutes away, and I, I practice an hour of piano. That's kind of part of the ritual. And every morning, I never miss it, Monday through Friday, unless I'm traveling. Awesome. Uh, last question, where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Uh, I, I, the more Entra has evolved, the less it's about selling courses and even, I mean, obviously you need revenue to do, you know, f money is fuel, right? You gotta have fuel. But I really, really obsessed with the disruption of education. I, you know, I have two teenagers now. 
they, they all have friends. There's about a dozen teenagers at my house at any given time. Not one of them is getting the value out of school that I think they should based on how much time they're forced to commit to it. I think school is systemically broken. I think school is teaching kids for a world that doesn't exist anymore, using methods that aren't relevant anymore. And I, I, where I would like to be in 10 years is a meaningful part of the effort to improve that. Well, that's, that's awesome. I hope, I hope you have success doing that. Cause I, I agree with you. I think, I, th- I think the whole system is just, just not good. It just doesn't, it's <laughs> just not efficient. It just doesn't, that just doesn't prepare you for the world. No, and it doesn't. And, and it, and it, it completely ignores, you know, qualitative, psychological, psychical development of building great warrior humans that can actually go out and do the hard stuff and learn to love it. And it just tries to patch over, you know, insecurity with knowledge and it doesn't really shape anyone. Like I I almost look at like, if you ever read like Plato's Republic in the gymnasio and the way it talks about how to forge really powerful young humans, there's none of that in school, man. They're just like, Oh, pass the test, move them along, pass the test, move them along. And it's gross. I think it's gross. I think it's a travesty and it pisses me off because I own a lot of property, which means I pay a lot of property taxes (laughs) pissed away in schools. Yeah, it's, it's usually about half of the, you know, local taxes. Yeah. Goes. So, but, you know, unlike most people that complain about it, I'm actually trying to do something about it. Well, that's awesome. I, I, uh, I, I hope you have a lot of success on that journey and, and really impact, you know, as many people as you can. Thank you. Uh, thank you for being on the show. But before we sign off here, if people want to connect with you uh, or get the book or, you know, any of that, can you just remind them the best ways yeah. to do that? Yeah, I'd send them right back to that same page, millionairesecrets.com forward slash Dan L. It's a landing page we set up just for, uh, we knew we were coming on this show and it's got uh, the free book, the free download, uh, The Millionaire Shortcut. And it's got, which basically, I mean, you asked what was in the book. I should have explained in a nutshell. It, it describes to you what I believe is the fastest way to become a millionaire. That's kind of the hook and that's what it attempts to articulate. Um, but also on there, you can connect to my social links, I'm Jeff Lerner, official everywhere, uh, my YouTube channel and my podcast, Millionaire Secrets. But again, just go to that page, millionairesecrets.com forward slash Dan L. All right. Well, thank you for being on the show, Jeff. We appreciate it. And everyone else who listened, watched, tuned in, thank you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Hyper Fat Show. Subscribe to us if you want to make sure you get the latest and greatest Hyper Fat Shows. And remember, we love reviews. Reviews help us bring better and better guests and improve our shows. So give us the good, the bad, and the ugly. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you next time.